A moonlit garden on the grounds of Union College in Schenectady plays host to one of the oldest ghost tales in the country. Forbidden love, blind, murderous rage, and a lost soul. We explore the tragic tale of Alice Vanderveer in this episode of Listen with the Lights On. Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. Legend has it that if you take a stroll through Jackson's Gardens on the campus of Union College on the first full moon of summer, you're likely to encounter the ghost of young Alice Vanderveer. You're also likely to think you've wandered onto the set of The Way We Were. In fact, you have. Scenes from the movie starring Barbra Streisand and Robert Redford were in fact shot in Jackson's Gardens. But I digress. As with most lore, there are many versions of Alice's sad story. The most consistent plotline seems to be that she was the only daughter of Dutch settlers who lived in what is now Schenectady County in the late 1600s. She was a teenager and very beautiful, but her father was possessive and controlling. She fell in love with a young suitor and sneaked out to meet him one night. Her suspicious father followed her. He caught the lovers in a moonlight embrace. Then in a blind rage, he shot and killed the lover. Alice was distraught, screaming hysterically as her father dragged her back through the streets of Schenectady's stockade in the middle of the night. After some townspeople discovered the dead body of the lover, they went after Alice and her father, the obvious culprits. A mob formed and it seized the father and burned him at the stake. Alice fled to find her lover's body, but the mob, who by now had abandoned all rationality, caught her in what is now Jackson's Gardens. She allegedly tripped and fell over rocks in Hans Groot's kill. The mob grabbed her, tied her to a pine tree at the edge of an oak grove, and burned her alive. About 300 years later, in 1972, a senior at Union College named Kate White became fascinated with the legend and did extensive research on it. Kate went on to become editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan magazine and now writes murder mystery novels. We reached Kate White from her home in Manhattan to find out more about her recollections of Alice Vanderveer. I've always been obsessed with anything regarding the macabre or ghosts or corpses. I guess it goes far back that I had that interest. And somebody had told me on campus, probably somebody from the administration, that there was supposedly a ghost at Union College. And they said that I could find information about it in a copy of Life magazine that the library had that I think had been published maybe in the 50s or 60s called The Nine Most Interesting Ghost Stories in America. So I went and found it, and I was intrigued. So what I ended up doing is just trying to do a little bit of research. Now, probably my research really wasn't anything close to academic because this was a time where we just didn't have the tools that we have today to be able to dig around. But I I did put some effort into it. And then I, I decided to write up the story for the literary magazine. And it was funny because... It got a lot of attention from students, and I remember one night organizing a ghost hunt in Jackson's Gardens, and and we bumped into other people doing the same thing. (laughs) After I graduated, 
I stayed in the area for a few months working on an environmental bond act. And I was living on Seward Place, and I was going to be moving to New York at the end of the year. There were kids around in the summertime at Union, a, a bunch of them. And this guy came by the house where I was living, and somebody had told him I was there, and he said, hey, can, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. And he goes, did you write an article about a, a ghost that was supposed to be in, in Jackson's Gardens? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, because I had the weirdest thing happen. He said one night when I was walking across campus, and it was a, a road that passed by, I think, South College, which had been turned into a dorm. If you walked along the road, right below the road, dipping down was Jackson's Gardens. It was sort of the end of it. And he told me that as he was walking along the road, he got hurled across the street by some force that he didn't know what it was. And he said it was so disconcerting that he got up and he started running. And he told a friend about it. He said, I don't know what happened. And the friend said, maybe it was a ghost. And he said, what ghost? He said, oh, somebody wrote this article in the Idol about the ghost. And so that's how he started to ask people, do you know Kate White? And he ended up on my doorstep that day. And he said, does this fit with anything you know about the ghost? And when I figured out the date, it was 300 years to the day that supposedly she had died. So I just always thought that was really funny. Wow, what a coincidence, or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my, my roommate and I, our room overlooked, one of our bedroom windows overlooked Jackson's Garden. And, of course, when I was working on the article, she was fascinated about it. And one night, our door just blew open, and we jumped up screaming in bed. So Whoa. I had a lot of fun with the article. <laughs> she must have known you were writing about her or something, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Did you ever see anything out your window you couldn't explain? No, no, but I wish I had. The story of Alice as I perceived it, it seems like it's, it's a scary trope. It's a trope of the, you know, sort of lost, forlorn, lovesick woman that was wronged in her life, kind of wandering the countrysides. Did you take anything from that? You know, my takeaway was more that it was what women always had to endure, that they didn't have the right to choose who they wanted to choose to marry for so many centuries that they could be punished by their fathers for doing what they wanted to do and following their own instincts. So for me, I think that was my takeaway, how great times are changing then to allow women to have the freedom that they had been denied for so, so long. Indeed, makes Alice's story a very human story. Do you see this uh, story overall as a, like, you know, the moral of the story is very feminist? I didn't think it through to that level when I was doing it. I just thought, here's someone whose father thinks he owns her and is going to tell her what to do and punish her because she didn't do what he wanted her to do. I think at that point in time, as females, you were always navigating that. Back then, you you expected stories like Alice's. You didn't even bring a certain indignation to it. And you just sort of accepted, okay, 
you were still to some degree a second-class citizen in some regards. But what's wonderful today is women don't automatically assume that anymore. Going back to the guy that came to you and told you the story about how he got thrown across the street, who do you think did the throwing? Was that Alice or was that maybe her father kind of reenacting the whole the whole yeah. scene? What do you think? I like to think it was the force of Alice. I have to tell you, some of my friends said later, oh, Kate, maybe that guy just wanted to meet you. But he looked generally, I mean, certainly shaken by what had happened to him. So whether it was Alice or maybe he'd just dropped some acid that night, <laughs> which people <laughs> did back then, or or somehow just the full moon got his imagination working overtime. Something had definitely happened to him that night. So I like to think it was Alice, that there really is a ghost in the gardens. So after hearing all about the story of Alice and the strange encounters people have reported, I went to the gardens. They're not open at night, don't trespass. So I went on a bright, sunny, warm summer day. I timed it so the first full moon of summer was that night. Time that says don't pollute the group drains to the Mohawk River. There I met with head gardener Connie Schmitz. She spent a lot of time in the gardens and knows the legend well. We stood in front of a pine tree in a clearing by Hans Groot's kill, where many have reported encounters with Alice. Uh, this is my 24th year here. So you know a lot about this place, the ins and outs, everything, every little acre of it, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so I'm guessing that you know the story of Alice Vanderveer, the, the ghost from your... I have, I do. I know it uh, pretty well. Um... There have been a lot written about it. Have you ever seen anything strange? I haven't, unfortunately. I've always been looking forward to something strange, but I have not seen anything. Now tell me about the history of these gardens. Uh, the gardens were started about 1830. Uh, a Knott, who was president at the time, suggested to Isaac Jackson, who was a mathematics professor, uh, that he start something, start some sort of garden to help uh, some of the maladies he was experiencing. She said, you know, we've got plenty of land, plenty of property on campus. Do it. And he did. From what I understand in reading some of uh, Isaac Jackson's notes, that uh, the design of the gardens now is very similar to what he had set out. Interesting. And what is involved in caring for a garden like this? I mean, what, what do you, I know nothing about, about, you know, modern landscaping. What, what is involved? A lot of manual labor. Weeding is probably the biggest chore in the garden. And of course, there's never enough time to get all the weeds. So you spend a lot of time just really getting your hands into it, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> what is, uh, what is one of the most special features about it? It's known for the very large ginkgo tree that only a good guess has been here for about 150 years. And the extraordinary peonies. Uh, we have a lot of herbaceous peonies, but we have quite a few varieties of tree peonies. Now, during the year when the students are here, is this a place where a lot of students come to sort of just hang out and, you know, who comes here? Oh, well, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of students. Um, some of the faculty bring their classes down here and have classes. 
Um, a lot of Schenectady residents wander through, and of course, alum, whenever they're in the area, uh, walk by. But uh, the kids, I'm happy to say, over the past, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years, have really used this garden a lot more than they used to. It's beautiful. Now, lastly, I just want to ask you about the tale of Alice. Just tell me your take on it. Well, my take is uh, it was quite a tragedy uh, between daughter and father and the daughter's lover. You know, and I don't know how much of it is true or not, but it's always intriguing. It makes for a, a pretty good time coming here and wondering about it, right? Oh, it does. It does. And the creek, I don't know if she has something to do with it. I'm sure it's probably more physical, but it ebbs and flows. It comes and it goes. It, um, it floods and it recedes. And uh, it's just interesting. I'm, I just wonder if she ever sees this, if she's around. Do people come and ask you about it when, when they come through the gardens? Yeah, they do. Um, I mean, they'll still see me out here working, and if they have a question about any of the plants that are here, uh, not too many people ask me about um, the ghosts or the possibility of it being haunted, uh, but mostly about uh, plant questions. What are your favorite ghost stories? Share them with us. Email us at lightson at wamc.org. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the Lights On is a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, check out our podcast or head over to wamc.org.